the year 1980X, a super magazine named Nintendo Power was created. Howard Phillips created Nintendo Power to stop the despair of gamer frustration. However, to maintain fun, Capcom created a sequel to challenge gamers. Mega to Mega Mega Man! <laughs> oh, man. Hi, welcome to the Playing With Power podcast. I'm your host, Mike King. Joining me is your host, Ben. Hello. And joining us is our guest, Tron. So, <laughs> so Tron is a friend of mine. Uh, it's not his real name, in case you might be might be wondering. So he's, you're, in, he's in witness protection. <laughs> he's in witness. Well, he, I, I know he lives in uh, San Francisco now, but you're originally from Chicago, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on being our first guest from the United States of America. So now, finally, you know the tides have turned. The Americans <laughs> are taking over the program. Yeah, we're bringing our guns. We're bringing our lack of healthcare, and we're bringing all the drugs and everything else that. Can like like uh, and the Mexicans, if you believe oh. it. <laughs> Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, the Muslims and the Mexicans and all the all the people that weren't around when the country was great, i.e., when Whitey <laughs> was in charge. That's right. Again, according to Donald Trump. Oh, so. I saw I saw this amazing article. Oh no! It was about Woody Guthrie. You know the guy that uh, did the uh, song "This Land Is Your Land." Uh huh. Yeah, well, he lived in a, a housing development owned by Fred Trump, and he released like 30 songs all about how Beach Haven is a horrible place to live because there are no blacks allowed. And <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? The, that housing project was uh, owned uh, – was created as part of uh, Roosevelt's New Deal so that affordable housing for all could be uh, put in. So immediately they just thought, well, we got to let in the poor white people now. Yeah. <laughs> all with an asterisk, of course. So we're going over Nintendo Power, July, August of 1989. You're listening to the Playing With Power podcast, a retrospective on Nintendo Power from the very beginning in 1988, where we talk about an issue at a time. So the cover of this particular magazine, uh, it has Mega Man 2, Dr. Wily Launches, Lunatic Plot. And I'll uh, talk about, a little bit about what we're seeing on here. So I'm not sure if this is like a figurine or clay or what, but it's kind hey. of got like a, is that Mega Man on the top left? Yeah, like it, looks like a, it, it looks like a Tim Burton model of, uh, I don't know, like this looks like a scene that would have been in the game because it looks like Mega Man is like skating around on a little uh, platform. Oh, right, yeah. But, uh, you know, none of them really had that much versatility and you certainly didn't use them against a boss. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Wiley looks pretty cool. Yeah, he's got his badass ship hanging out there, the big old gun on the bottom of it. What was it called, the Wiley capsule or... uh, Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Looks pretty good. And, uh, yeah, it looks pretty amazing and... Uh, he's got uh, Mega Man's all in red because I guess that's the color he is when he's running a platform. So, <laughs> unlike unlike the Mario uh, unlike the Mario debacle, this uh, this one is very color appropriate. Yeah, it could be depending on what uh, power he's using. This color changes, so it's really accurate. <laughs> just just like the population of the Beach Haven uh, projects, it's all color appropriate. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so I got one thing to. <laughs> 
Okay. So before we go forward, I got one more thing to take a gripe about. Now, you guys looking at the digital version of this aren't going to have this problem, but I've got the physical copy in front of me. And up until now, the spine of the magazine has been nice, flat, firm, whatnot. Well, I totally cheaped out this episode, and literally the spine is just three uh, staples. Oh, no. So it's just sort of like when you, when you turn the page, you can kind of feel it all just sort of bending together. And just feels just feels sloppy and uh, not not the same quality as the earlier issues. You know, I wonder if they cheaped out because they knew that they're gonna have to get these puppets, like these Thunderbird <laughs> like puppets for the cover. Maybe, <laughs> you know. I like to think it had to had they had to pay for more uh, Howard Phillips bow ties personally. Yeah, <laughs> well, he certainly wasn't cheap at that point, so that, that makes right. sense. Hey, man, they're giving out 50 Nintendo Power jerseys an episode, uh, <laughs> an issue. So, you know, yep. th- they got to, I mean, that, that, that budget gets eaten up. Apparently. Yeah. And certainly they use the budget for the illustrations, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is the first one that has a Canadian price on the uh, on the issue. Oh, yeah, US, that. yeah. US 350, Canada 450. So, you know, we had that friggin' disparity even back in the 80s. Yep. All right, should we move on? Uh, was there anything in the table of contents you wanted to read? I uh, just thought the uh, it mentions uh, Faxanadu, mm-hmm. and it says, Embark on a perilous <laughs> journey inside the world tree. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, Dragon Warrior, 12, pa- 12 big pages. You know, they're the same size as the regular pages, man. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if they were sticking out of the magazine, like over- <laughs> oversized pages. Yeah, like they, they unfold. Yeah. So that like, you open them up, and it says the two, 12, 12 <laughs> uh, regular size pages on the RPG mm-hmm. that took Japan by storm. And uh, oh man, they're they're just gonna like keep hammering to you an RPG. Now listen, you you need to be prepared. An RPG is a, is a different yeah. game than the <laughs> type you're used to, and they are just gonna keep hammering this on you. Education, education. I like the and, uh, the subline for Ducktales in a foul oh, yeah. mood. Join Scrooge McDuck on a quest for treasure. DuckTales <laughs> fits the bill. I like it's, I like it's, it's asking if you're going to join Scrooge McDuck instead of just telling you we're going to. Yeah. I'm just like, for treasure? Yeah. <laughs> just they go up on that. Uh, so that's the table of contents, which takes us to the Player's Pulse mailbox. Mm. Now, uh... I don't know if you've got any uh, ones to read, but I know that I want to read the arcade at home. Go for it. Will Turnbow from Cody, Wyoming says, I love playing arcade games and thought of this great idea last summer. Everyone thought it was dumb and that it wouldn't work. Well, I had the last laugh because I did it. It took about two months and 200 bucks to build. It stands approximately six feet high like a real arcade game, except mine has a magnetic strip at the top to hold maps and places for my TV, two advantage joysticks, two max joypads, two NES controllers, tip books, 3D glasses on all my magazines. Why do you have 3D glasses for a Nintendo? Like, Did he somehow manage to up-convert a, a CRT <laughs> TV into 3D, or does he just want to be one of those kids who wears 3D glasses even though they're not I think he reading 3D? Cool. Oh, yeah, because having red and blue cellophane over your eyes is definitely going to make you whatever. It's bad. It's, a, Maybe it's, it's so bad. Now, it says it even has 
holders on the side for pop cans if you're thirsty. And uh, we we see a picture of this arcade cabinet, and it's pretty friggin' sweet. He's got the mm-hmm. uh, the Ness the uh, the Ness Advantage controllers there mapped out, so it looks just like an actual joystick. Uh, we got uh, stacks for the Nintendo games. If that's not a painting, it, it's it's so well painted with logos and characters yeah. and uh, color schemes on it. It's hard to tell if there's anything that's actually painted or just like open holes for him to put these controllers in it uh it's a pretty damn sweet machine i gotta say will turnbow he really he really he really pulled it all out on this and uh i hope this machine is still existing because even though it's still a nintendo game with a crt tv in it it's it's pretty amazing yeah it looks badass so i wanted to uh go ahead i was saying it's pretty well constructed um only downside i can see is that He's probably playing it by himself because of uh, it doesn't seem like he really had too many friends. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It looks like he was expecting it with the uh, with the second controllers for everything. He's got the, the t- he's got two nest pads, two nest advantages. He he's at least preparing for friends, even if they all <laughs> uh, right. even if they all mocked him. Yeah, he's like, look, it's got a pop can holder. If you're <laughs> thirsty. He's like, Noah, everyone's just like, why the fuck are you building that? You're not, it's not going to do anything. And he's like, you'll be sorry. That's right. And, and now and now Noah's got his arc, and he's just like, you want to hop aboard? I mean, come on. I, I got room for two of everything, so, you know. You, you so I wanted to cover the uh, photo in here where it says, here's the winner of the giant holiday giveaway. Mike Lee and pal Miles Ward show off their Nintendo Power jerseys on the trip to Disneyland Mike 1. Looks terrific, guys. And it's a photo of these kids wearing their uh, Nintendo Power. They call them jerseys. It's more like a sweatshirt. They look like two blind kids. That go- <laughs> and they've got the Ray Charles sunglasses on. You got the right one, baby. Oh. <laughs> and they're standing in front of the Star Tours uh, uh, ride at Disneyland. Oh. <laughs> I first thought, was, oh, look at those Make-A-Wish kids. They got their wish. <laughs> hey kids, you want to hear Disneyland? <laughs> uh, and uh, a, a quick one is by Jackie Verbon. I've been wondering something about NES characters. How old are Mario and Luigi? Do they have a last name? Are they twins? When's Link's birthday? How old is he? Did he marry Princess Zelda? And uh, their answer is basically, uh, we'll let you come up with that. Lazy. Yeah, I mean, we all know Mario and Luigi. Their name is Mario. I mean, mm. we all we all saw the movie. We and that's canon. <laughs> yeah, really. Are uh, they twins? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, you saw Schwarzenegger and DeVito. Just because you're born at the same time doesn't mean you have to look the same. True. And uh, true. when it, when is Link's birthday? When when Hyrule needed it to be. Come on. <laughs> Did he marry Princess Zelda? Well, somebody did if they keep having descendants named after themselves all the time. Doesn't mean they had oh, to get married. No, it doesn't mean they got married to each other because, <laughs> I mean, at that point it would be like, well, that, that's when Uncle Dad Link married Aunt Zelda Mom. And, you, you know, that, that family tree has to fork a bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so that, okay, so that takes us out of the mailbag, I believe. Mm-hmm. So now we can... Uh, we can talk about the amazing super robot from the year 20X, Mega Man 2. Uh, now, this was the first Mega Man game I got to play. 
Uh, didn't know much. I didn't even know about Mega 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 Man One until uh, Mega Man Three or Four came out. That's when I finally got my hands on it. Uh, what about you? Was this your first Mega Man game? Oh, it was definitely mine. And I first got a chance to play it at a friend's house, and I was hooked from there. I had to have it. So, oh man, I I, I didn't own this game for a long time. But it was a it was a reason I kept going to one kid's house, even though we didn't have that much in common, because I, I I just wanted to friggin' play Mega Man and like beat the characters and get to the skull castle and remember the passwords and uh this was this was a game that had music, mm-hmm. fantastic graphics, play control that that you know, it didn't make you feel like the game is screwing you over. You're you're just retarded. That's why you keep falling down the gap. Lovely. Like it, it made you well. A, a good design game makes you feel like it's your fault, not we fucking hate you, and we're gonna make everything warpy and goofy and mm-hmm. give you no traction. And you know, like this was a game that you know let you know that if you just practiced, you could do this. Right. It was a, definitely a challenge, but it felt like a doable challenge. It wasn't like completely unfair. It was yeah. like okay, it was a little more of like timing and strategy, and uh, you know, yeah, memory <clears throat> skill. Right. It, it it challenged you, but also made you feel like you're learning, you're improving, mm-hmm. you're doing this. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, Mega Man 2 was probably one of my favorite games for Nintendo. This game is amazing. Um, I actually went back and did some uh, research for this uh, episode. So we, we know him as Mega Man. Uh, in Japan, of course, he's known as uh, Rockman. But did you know that before they came up with Rockman... They had other names that were being bounced around from <laughs> for this character. He was oh, originally uh, bounced around were, were uh, such items as uh, monikers as Battle Kid, oh. uh, Mighty oh. Kid, oh, no. Knuckle Kid. What? He doesn't even have a hand. <laughs> Rainbow Warrior Miracle Kid. Wow. That, that oh awesome. my god! Is that is that like his like gay cousin or something? <laughs> And then the last one was the Battle Rainbow Rockman. Oh, oh which my god! Got shortened that, to Rockman. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that one of Bowie's identities? <laughs> yeah, Rainbow Warrior Miracle Kid. Oh my goodness! I don't think we would have even played this game. It no, would, been the, name the, name, it. the name wouldn't even fit on the cover. Right. And they had to fit in that old man from the first one somehow. So yeah. Uh. Okay, so the, uh, he was named Rock in Japan because he has a sister named uh, Roll, Roll, for one. And the other thing is is that uh, they intentionally incorporated a rock, paper, scissors gameplay mechanic uh, by which there's a certain order you, could, you should defeat enemies in order to gain their abilities to defeat other ones. And then there was, uh, and then they just went on with the musical aspect with uh, in future iterations. There was uh, other characters like Beat, Bass, mm-hmm. and uh, other, and like music keyed in. Like with, I think Mega Man Three had that uh, Zero who would uh, show up with that with that neat little whistle. It's uh, uh, yeah, it's known as uh, Proto Man in the states. Right, Proto Man in uh, Japan is known as Blues, though. Oh right, yeah, see Blues, another uh, yeah. So nice. Uh, yeah, so this one, it, uh, yeah, it's got, uh, and the entire coverage in this issue, I mean, like, 
the game is great and the coverage on this is great too. It's uh, excellent coverage on all the power-ups. The challengers are laid out so the player can either enter prepared or the returning loser can figure out what went wrong. And uh, there's no explicit boss coverage, though. So mm. it only gives you, like, a tiny clue, like, in one sentence, maybe. But it does tell you what the power chips will do so that you can use, like, crash bombs to uh, access certain tunnels and stuff like that. But right off the get-go, I mean, even though the artwork is fantastic, the situations are uh, questionable. Like, Dr. Wiley, why is he always broke? In the last issue, he couldn't afford a shoe. And now instead of a, sh instead of a ladder or a jet belt or something to allow him to reach the proper height, he's poorly stacking a, a pile of dilapidated crates. <laughs> How does he afford a skull castle, robot masters, and a flying capsule? But he's got no money left for a damn ladder or a jet belt. Well, I can answer that question. He stole the robots first off. <laughs> but you think the Skull Castle? Maybe he ran out of money into the Skull Castle. Yeah, I, I don't think Doctor Light had a Skull Castle lying around. He seemed a little too benevolent for that. <laughs> yeah. But at at the bottom, <laughs> at the bottom of the stack of uh, crates, the, at the top of it says "Mad Scientist R Us" with the R inverted to as a Toys R Us nod. And uh, at the bottom it says Acme, Gadgets, and Gizmos. So I just got to wonder, he must live in the same universe as Wile E. Coyote. But yet in the future, Yelp doesn't exist. You, you think that Wiley would constantly be giving them one stars and uh, from all the time that their gizmos fail. <laughs> not, not only that, but the fact that he's using the same tools that apparently Wile E. Coyote has no no chance of being able to succeed with, that's just setting himself up for failure right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I guess there may be a monopoly in the desert, and, like, Acme is the only distributor, so he's got no choice. <laughs> Either that or just, like, you're so cheap, you're just like, I'm going to go with the generic brand, the Acme brand. <laughs> it's, the Ali, it's the Alibaba.com, and uh, <laughs> it's the only place you can get, like, nice, cheap, uh, rocket skates and uh, magnetic bird seed and shit. Right. You know, I wouldn't exactly. be surprised if there was like a Acme hoverboard, you know, <laughs> it's the kind that blows up. Yeah. It only has like a 15% flammability rate. So <laughs> only 15%. <laughs> okay. So now we, uh, the description here, it's uh it's pretty good. It talks about Dr. Wiley, evil genius scientist, instigator of chaos and uh, his first scheme for the obliteration was uh, was Mega Man, and he lost. And it says, Mega Man Defender of Freedom has launched an assault on Skull Castle. See, in the game, I just figured that this was uh, different parts of the uh, city. But apparently, this was all around the, in this narrative anyway, it's all around the periphery of the castle itself. Mm. But it says here, before he can come face to face with the dreaded doctor, he must meet the fearful guardians of the doctor's realm, the wicked wily force. I only heard of them as dressed as the robot masters. I never heard of the wily force. <laughs> the wily and, force. <laughs> uh, it, it, it seems like the uh, a, 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 a slightly straighter version of the Ginyu force from Dragon Ball, but like the, the robots aren't doing any weird po gay poses or anything so like that that seemed like a narrative curveball to me but yeah. uh we get to see the uh like in the first mega man 
that we didn't play first. <laughs> None of us played first, apparently. But, yeah, uh, I, I played it later. I had a friend that had yeah. the first Mega Man. There's I, only like six bosses, I want to yep. say, instead the, of yep, uh, the nine standard, eight. Yep, the, sta- the standard is eight, but that was only begun in this one. Right. The uh, I only played the original Mega Man after getting the uh, anniversary collection. Oh, that, that's how I was able to get my hands on it. It's it's a game. It's it's a Mega Man game. It's all right. No, it's amazing. It's an amazing game. It, it just has the. It's a good game. It has but, the. But compared to this, it's not that great. It's only no. Because, it's very good. What are you only, talking about? Only because Mega Man Two is just so much better. It is better, but, but that doesn't mean uh, Mega Man One was bad. It was very yeah. good. But can any of you hum the the Cut Man or Guts Man or uh, Elect Man theme? No. But if I tell you to be like uh, Bubble Man, you can all just be like ba da 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 da. Like you would, like you, you, This is the one that you played enough that you know each level's music, and you know like the order to to nail these guys. And this is the one that that really stuck. Oh, for the, sure. The, the first one was good. It's just that when you compare it to the excellence of this, it it falls far behind. Well, you know, what I didn't do well. This is that awful cover art. <laughs> I mean, for the first one, have you seen it? It looks awful. It's like a... It's like an Atari game. It's like a child drew it of like a a man, like a grown man that is all tubby, you know, and like has, has muffin top, body parts it, spilling everywhere. and like. Is that for the uh, Mega Man 1 or Mega Man 2? Mega Man 1. It's oh, awful. that is just awful. He's got like this horrible face. It looks like the guy from The Scream when he's not screaming. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, yeah it, it looks like the same type of artwork from old Commodore games. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, set it's, it back. Yeah, it's so awful. It's just like no, only as like, uh, yeah, I saw some coverage on that, and the guys and the guys that did the artwork on it were just like, they told me he had a pistol. If they if they just told me <laughs> he had an arm cannon, I would have drawn him with an arm cannon. <laughs> I only did what they told me to. They gave me bad instructions. I know <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> So you know you you got to give the artist credit. Like he was just given bad direction, but uh, yeah, like visuals for the NES game. This really pushed the limits because I mean, like we we were in the eighties. We were used to Ataris, Colecos, and then the NES. It was better, but you know, seemed like it was only like a little bit better. And then you see the the uh, the different character faces in the uh, start so in the uh, start selection screen, as you can see at the bottom of the uh, the device page. Like, these look like cartoon characters. Like, this is just an excellent use of graphics. Uh, because in the first Mega Man, you've got, like, uh, the actual boss sprites mm-hmm. in the selection menu, and only six of them. But here you see eight of them, and they look, and they're like cartoon sprites. Mm-hmm. And they look great. Yeah, especially Quick Man. I don't know if you can really tell just by the digital image, but it looks like his boomerang on his mask is leaping right out of his mugshot. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it does. I can see it. I can see it poking out. So that's a neat little, uh, neat little thing, and we get to see uh, the devices for the first time. Mega Man uses not just weapons but tools, like the levitation platform, the jet sled, and the wall walking platform. And then we get to see the. <laughs> I'd like uh, to know why for this episode, for this issue, for the levitation platform and wall walking platform, they're known as like device one and three. They have the screenshots reversed, so like the ones are backwards and the three is backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Why? 
It was yeah, odd. They spend that money. They're spending that money on uh, this. I think it's only. I think it's not the screenshot that's reversed. It's the sprite, because when you look at number three, uh, Mega Man's catching the power, but you can see in the very upper left his power meter, and it's never on the right side of the screen, yeah. is it? It's always on the left, which means that the sprite is reversed because he's looking left. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All yeah, right, so Tron, so, I, I brought you on for this for this episode because I know you're a, a huge Mega Man fan. You've played all of them, or how many of them have you played through? Um, I played all the main ones in the main series. I played all the Mega Man X games. Um, played some of the other series of uh, Mega Man Zero, Mega Man ZX. Um, not for uh, Star games or uh, EXE because. I thought those were a little too young for me, but I played most of the main ones. Yeah, I tried playing some of the uh, the X uh, Network games, and it's like they're making them intentionally like juvenile with the narrative. And uh, but I do love the X games. I'd love to see like another Mega Man X coming out. Have you? Uh, did you sponsor the uh, the uh, Mighty Number no. Nine on Kickstarter? I did not know, but I am planning on buying it the first day it comes out. I already uh, got mine on a. I, I pre-ordered it with my uh, Kickstarter, so that was uh, I'm waiting for that to show up. Yeah, I did the Kickstarter as well on that. Okay, so uh, we got Air. Like the first level is Airman, and uh, all I have to say is like the artwork here is very good, uh, very appropriate to the game. Uh, it tells you about the uh, different enemies you will fight, but. Uh, the, the, what makes me have to mention this is the, in the bottom left is fan, fantastic fan fiends, and it it says like, oh these fan these fan fiends have a powerful built-in apparatus. Move forward into their jet of air, or they'll blow Mega Man away. And all I gotta say is, did Doctor Wily create what he thinks will be the love child of Air Man and Mega Man, <laughs> and then? And then, and then insult it so it has to eat its feelings. <laughs> it does. It looks like a fat-faced Mega Man with yeah. a giant fan where his gut is. <laughs> oh my god, he's, maybe he's a garbage disposal that he repurposed. <laughs> so we see uh, the air shooter is uh, Mega Man's weapon of choice where he shoots multiple tornadoes. In the artwork, he's only shooting one tornado. But, you know, I'm not going to begrudge them for that. They got the color scheme right, so sure. uh, good for them. And next we talk about Crash Man. And uh, I've heard him call several things, like the Blue Bomber and all that. But this time, they call Mega Man the Indigo Invader. Whoa, so, no. uh, you know, that's a nice little uh, nice little alliteration change for uh, a change. Uh, you guys got any uh, comments or... Uh, Things on a uh, Crash Man stage. Uh, it was awesome stage. The music was top notch, and oh was- yes, the music. It's just like a freaking disco. Oh man. There's, there's definitely stage two where you need those. Uh, you need the platforms. And if you didn't have them, you were definitely at disadvantage. You could definitely get through the stage, but if you didn't have the number one platform, then you yeah, you, you'd suffer. Oh yeah, totally. painful. Oh yeah, and next we see uh, uh, Metal Man again. I don't really have much here. 
Although you get to see the metal blades that Mega Man throws, and they look more like gears than blades. Right. But uh, oh. I'm, it doesn't matter if it's sharp or huge. Uh, you get that these things are going to do some friggin' pain if they hit you in the face. Oh. Okay, so next is Heat Man, and uh, all the uh, sprites are properly drawn and everything, but as we see Mega Man on Dr. Wily's console, he's clearly kicked out the bottom of it out of frustration. <laughs> and uh, the old man's starting to lose it. His, plants, his plants are falling apart, and... Uh, He's going to be losing the rest of his hair pretty soon. I remember the Heat Man stage. Oh, yes. This thing was a pain in the ass. Even if you have... It says, oh, use the Jet Sled Sled Jubilee. So, if you don't have the sled, there are all these blocks that uh, time uh, where they disappear and appear. Oh, and you have to, blocks. Yeah, you have to memorize the where they appear because they'll appear above you, in which case you just fall into the lava and die instantly. <laughs> or... and, and annoying as they are, they just have that amazing. Yeah, they have a good sound effect. They they have like like they like they realize this is gonna frustrate the shit out of gamers, but at least let's make it audibly rewarding to <laughs> to do the stage over and over again. Right. And you just don't get sick of this sound. It's just so like it just hits that sweet spot, <laughs> and and the music is and like for all the heat. Just uh, Heat Man's music has that beautiful sense of urgency with oh, yeah. a uh, with, with a nice rock groove to it. Oh, it's like a it, pressure cooker, but you're grooving out to it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, like they find a way to mitigate the stress while keeping you engaged on multiple right. levels. So I always start this part going, okay, I can use the jet sled, right? So I get on that jet sled. <laughs> and then you and hit then a block. I immediately hit a block, or like halfway through I hit a block. And then like you only have so much energy you can spend on the jet sled. So now you don't have enough to like go back and like make it all the way across using the jet sled. So now you're screwed and you have to use the blocks. <laughs> I never really had that problem. Um, my problem was um, having the, the sled, but not get, jumping on it fast enough. So it'll leave you behind and I'll be like, where'd the sled go? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like Wiley e. Coyote. Like you're on the sled, you hit the block, sled keeps going. Where the fuck's Mega Man? <laughs> meanwhile, you're, meanwhile, you're slowly peeling down it into the lava. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, def, I, it. This led to a whole lot of throne controllers. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, next is Bubble Man. Uh, I, I just love this level. It had like a fantastic amount of challenge. But the music again was uh, like just bouncy and bubbly, which is fitting for the weapon you get at the end of the level. Right. But, uh, and even the uh, the challenging mini bosses like the ferocious, like the lantern fish, where you just have this big, huge fish with a uh, light over its head, and he shoots out prawns at you, and then you uh, shoot the bulb several times, and he blows up. It's a, uh, and then you got like the spikes. Up at the top, because it's not an underwater level if you don't have death traps laid everywhere right. for some reason. Well, they have a nice mechanic where you're not swimming, but you can jump much higher, and you're slower in the water. So it... Which, that, that doesn't make sense. You should be jumping lower because the water's pushing you down. <laughs> but you weigh less. If it was in a space level, like, there are other Mega Man games where you fight like a, uh, on a space level. And that makes sense, like where the gravity is uh, changing. Mm -hmm. 
But, uh, you know, you beat Bubble Man, you get the Bubble Lead, and then Woodman. Uh, I always like the, uh, like the tiger here that shoots the curved fireball. Oh. And he's got, like, a hair dryer for a tail. <laughs> I don't know how they call him the hot dog. He's, uh, he's considered a hot dog. Ah, uh, and the, uh, ostriches that just come at you, and they're just, they have just enough hit points that you can't hit, you can't kill them fast enough, but they just wear the shit down out of your health. Uh, Tron, have you heard the, uh, Dwayne and Brando, uh, Mega Man rap? I have not, no. Do yourself a favor, because it has all the level music for each boss as they rap against Mega Man and, like, he beats them. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the first one he beats is Mega Man, and, like, with the metal blades, uh, he goes into, uh, uh, Woodman's, uh, like, it doesn't show the levels, it just shows him fighting each boss. And when he fights Woodman, he's like, uh, like, he's, he's, uh, he's got his wood shield up and he's like, Hey there, freak, these freaking woods are mine, the name's Woodman, have some freaking leaves and vines, and... <laughs> and then Mega Man's like, Bitch, I upgraded my cannon with some metal blades for you. Screw Mega Man, I'm the forest to destroy you. <laughs> yeah, you definitely gotta see the Mega Man ver the the Mega Man 2 rap. It is all eight bosses. Except as soon as Bubble Man shows up, he's like, the name's Bubble Man, and I got something to say, and then he just gets killed right away. <laughs> like that. <laughs> but uh Flash Man is uh is pretty good too because he flashes him right away and yeah just uh yeah do yourself a favor and see the Dwayne and Brando Mega Man 2 rap so uh in typical Nintendo Power fashion we don't get a whole game covered so we get to see previews of Flashman where you get to see these little uh walkers and uh, a preview of Quick Man which uh, seems to be showing a which a guy that should be from uh, Heatman's level uh, throwing fire pot uh, fire bombs at you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I guess they recycled that character because this used to be budget somewhere. But... And uh, the big oh man, the biggest frustration here you have to beat Flashman first because Quickman's level those. Oh, this was the biggest point of frustration with me of the uh, the Robot Master levels. Was yeah. just those fucking force beams that... <laughs> and just like the whole screen is now inaccessible within the time, within the span of one second. Yeah, those things were lethal and get instantly killed if you hit, get hit by one. It was frustrating. And, and then next we see Dr. Wily. Uh, the Mecha Dragon is displayed here along with uh, Wily's powered-up capsule, which looks very much like the uh, the artwork on the cover. So they, they really pulled out the stops to stay true to form on this one. Oh, yeah. Although, why, why Wily has yellow shoes and green pants? <laughs> and, and red eyes. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, he's... He doesn't seem like a criminal mastermind, more like some old guy who's, uh, like, just lost it. <laughs> yeah, it's a maniacal type of sense of walking, <laughs> like, he's paired his tie with the shoes, so 
he has such a sensibility by himself, but yeah, the red eyes. And it's a, it's a I know it. I know with the red and green, it's like he got his he got his color scheme from the Jamaican flag. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, with the robot masters, man. <laughs> hey, you got you gonna beat me, guy, Regaman? <laughs> like Regaman versus Mega Man. Uh, and like, the, the whole screen fills with smoke, and then Mega Man's just like, "What? What was I doing here again?" <laughs> Gunjaman's just like, "Hey, yo, man, you got to be you got to be taking the spliff." <laughs> uh, right. I, I think I was supposed to be doing something. Hey, how about we go? How about we go over to Cheeto Man and just relax? <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll watch SpongeBob Man on the on TV, man. Yeah, that's. I'm glad I didn't do it because that'd be a lost Yeah, but the uh, the Mecha Dragon, this was what uh, like like this is the first thing that introduces you to the Wily Castle, the first boss, and you have no idea he's coming because like now the bosses aren't announced anymore. But uh, when you're crossing through that, uh, when you're jumping across those blocks, and then this thing just fades in out of the darkness and starts following you, and yeah. good luck turning around because you can't hurt him. Until you find the uh, until you find the three blocks, and then his health shows up, and then you have a good like this is just like a real lesson in don't get hit. <laughs> and it's tough too because at the point where the dragon's about to appear, the screen slows down, and you're wondering what the hell's going on, what's happening, and then the dragon pops up, and it's like oh shit, there's a giant dragon following me, and then you got of course figure out where the blocks are going to be, so you jump and with that tough play control, that makes sure that you time it just right so you can jump to the very next one. Yeah. So it's a challenge just into him so you can get to the point where you can fight him. I know, and you think he miss you think because he shows up and he doesn't have a health bar, you'd think that oh he's just a mini boss. So like you like you just have to jump forward, turn around, shoot, and then turn back and land. But all of that is for nothing, because when you finally stop, then a health bar goes up. So oh, yeah. there's no way there's no way to like pre-hurt him or so for the uninitiated that like this just changes the whole way the game is played. So okay. it, it it lets you know that uh, you're in Wily's castle now and all bets are off. Shit just got real bitch. Oh yeah, and then the uh, we get to see in the bottom the guts dozer, which oh. you know just the size of this thing it looks beautiful, and. Oh. Uh, you got this guy, although he looks like uh, he looks seems to be just a little racist because <laughs> he, he looks like those. Uh, if you see National Geographic, it shows like those Zulu warriors that have a plate in their lip. Oh yeah, that's what he looks like. I, I like he looks, he, like he looks like he's got a big plate in his lip and it's all distended. Yeah. And yet, and yet he's a tank. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's like it's like they're not testing the water with their racism, and then they just let it all out for Street Fighter 2, but they were inching away there with Gus goes with this one. Oh, yeah, the Japanese super racist. Like, <laughs> like, like anything that looks remotely black, they're just like, yeah, that, that's black people, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you, you, you look at Barrett from Final Fantasy VII. He's like Mr. T. <laughs> And then oh. you see, and then you see Zaz in Final Fantasy Thirteen, 
And of course, he's got an afro so big, a bird lives in it. Yeah. So, that, you know, that's, uh, that's, Jap- that's, Jap- that's Japan. <laughs> yeah, obviously, things have not changed much. Uh, and then in the final page, we get to see what it says. Uh, the password system makes entering passwords a breeze. No, it isn't, because unless you have, unless you have this thing laid out on your fridge with like paper, with paper and magnetic strips and dots waiting to be placed, you have to redraw the fucking grid, the A B C D E one two three four five multi-square grid, and the dots in every configuration. So how does this make it easier than if you just gave me a five-string password? Ugh. I know, it, look, it looks like a freaking game of Battleship going on, and this is supposed to keep it easy. Yeah, I mean, maybe, um, maybe it, was, it was just her way of saying that's easy. I mean, they, they only had so much space to fill up, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. And then start, and then shows the menu. Start, pass, word. <laughs> it's two words. Why? We know what password is. It's one word. We get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's neither a pass nor a word. There's no words. Yeah, we get to pass the word. (laughs) Gotta pass that word. (laughs) Pass the word up on the left hand side. (laughs) We're back to Reggae Man. (laughs) Maybe Mega Man 11 will have Reggae Man. I'd like to see that in Mighty Number (laughs) 9. A guy who, like. He just like he just throws like a smoke cloud at you that saps your health and slows you down, and you have to refill your energy because you're constantly hungry. Oh jeez! Yeah. <laughs> oh maybe, my God. maybe he can have like uh, you know how uh, Mega Man Three Gemini Man has his uh, his um, doppelganger, his, uh, his twin. Yeah. Maybe maybe he has like his um, posse come in and they're in a bobsled. They just ran Mega Man <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> The bobsled team. <laughs> he just comes in cool running style. <laughs> uh, and uh, the next game we cover is Faxanadu. And all I've got is that Olivia Newton John stuck in my head. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm here all night for you, Faxanadu. They should have all that. That would have been a great gift. Uh, uh, the artwork here is substantially inferior <laughs> to uh, to Mega Man. We've uh, we've got we've got a bit of a downgrade. Uh, oh, right. yeah, it's uh, a bit of, it's a bit of a trauma for uh, for the readers. Yeah, the guy on the right holding the sword looks like he's holding a fart in. The king looks so fucking sad. He's like, <laughs> he looks so sad and lonely. Have an audience with me first, he says. And then this angry roid raging guy's like, I will teach you the ways of the warrior. And uh, Hulk Hogan is beside him saying, it's wise to learn magic, brother. <laughs> That's the only time you ever see wise and Hulk Hogan in the same image. Uh, and then some smarmy looking prick is like, I feel, st- I guess he's the hero. And he says, I feel stronger already. So I guess he's like uh, gaining strength just by talking with these, with these <laughs> desperate old men. <laughs> and uh, then he's like, and this is the beginning of how they uh, hammer away 
the uh, the rules of uh, role playing games, just to let you know, like this is different from like all the other games where you catch your power up and it cause damage, and it's like this time you purchase weapons and magic, and then buy as many of the red healing potions as you can, and don't worry about running out of money. You'll win coins for defeating enemies. I'm pretty well, sure we we've, we've beaten enemies that give us things before, oh, but totally. uh, like this time it's consistently money. Because <laughs> I guess like skeletons, even though they're skeletons, somehow they had a wallet on them. <laughs> well, I mean, they hid it up in their clavicles and just uh, in their and, boxes. And the people here are so ugly. Like in the <laughs> next one, we see like this woman uh, carrying apples on her head, and she's like, "We townspeople like to gossip. Don't forget to ask us for information." But she just looks so pissed off, and it's yeah. just bad artwork. Oh, totally. And uh, we get to see one guy. Uh, yeah, she kind of looks like Borat's wife. <laughs> My wife. My wife. So uh, he's got uh, an axe. It's a pickaxe, but it's called a matok. And it's not uh, an old lawyer on TV. It's a matok. And uh, here he is swinging it like his dick <laughs> into the wall. And... It's probably the proper way to hold it without hurting yourself, but it just looks bad in this one. Yeah, it just looks like he's uh, yanking his crank into a wall. <laughs> it looks terrible. Man, I love the I'm one on the. So, I'm so hard up, I could screw this wall. Yeah, and then the one on the left, he's clamped his ladder, and I totally thought it said, use the jerky. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, use the J key, and I'm like, he has what to a, use the Jew key? Why? They have to get the uh, key, mouse and keyboard out? <laughs> And get the J key. Do you get it on J date? Like, uh. <laughs> and, and then like uh, it says coins or bread are your reward, depending on what kind of foes are defeated. So some enemies are carrying bread in their pocket. Apparently, that's yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, and you know the artwork here is. I mean, compared to Doctor Wiley's level, this looks like it was like. Drawn from a uh, the same artist from Bazooka Joe. <laughs> oh, what's up at the bottom right? By the way, so before we saw his matic power, where he's swinging his big old dick dick axe into the wall, <laughs> but, but on the bottom right, the dick axe has come back to haunt him. Has swung all the way around and is about to hit him. I know the tables have been turned. Now <laughs> this time, the, own. this time the Maddox is going to penetrate you. <laughs> kind of like. Um, relationships like if you let somebody go if they come back or yours like he let go of his dick x and now it's come back for him so it's meant to be not huh. the way he expected apparently <laughs> you know if we ever get to talk to uh uh howard i gotta ask where does he get the screenshots for this because if, even nowadays if you try to take a picture of your tv it looks like a washed out piece of shit and yet the uh the graphics here look fantastic. They must like have had some kind of professional setup to do just this, I'm guessing. Yeah, like a capture card or something in the 80s. Like, this does not look like someone took a picture of a television set with a Polaroid camera or anything. I mean, like, it's clearly screenshots from the game because you get to see the hero in every square part of the grid. And yet, somehow, it doesn't look like garbage or ass. So, Oh, yeah. Like, going back to the um, table of contents, for example, um, when you'd see screen images like that, they look great. 
But then next page, when you see the reader letters, they will take pictures of the screen, and you can barely see anything else happening. Yeah, they, crazy. So people, these people clearly have were holding out on us with uh, <laughs> technology. So that covers uh, my part of Fact Santa. Do any parting thoughts with you guys? The only thing I had to, had to add about Fexanadu was uh, the name Fexanadu comes if from... You, uh, if you're going to sing the song, I already did. <laughs> no, it comes from Faxanadu. the name... <laughs> it comes from the, the combination of the word Famicom, which stands for Family Computer, the Japanese name of the NES, and Xanadu, which is the game it is spun off from, a PC game. Which itself is a sequel to let's see what it's called here. Uh, what is it? Dragon Slayer, which sounds well, like a much more badass name for for a game. So, oh yeah, it sounds like a, like a. This sounds like so, something that you're just begging to get a wedgie from by talking about. Right. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, I hey, I'm like Trump. Okay, I say what everyone's thinking. <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not going to apologize for it. You're just being real. Just keep Yeah, I'm just being real. Why should I apologize for that? Just being honest. Just be, just being Palin. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, Fexanadu is supposed to be really good, and uh, it, it didn't looks, do very well. It looks like a decent game. It's definitely something I got to give a fair shake to uh, if we ever do an actual game podcast instead of a game magazine <laughs> podcast. Well, apparently, yeah. People are saying it's, it's even better than uh, Zelda and Castlevania 2. Oh, that's just crazy. That's good enough endorsement for me. So, and it's that's from uh, reputable sources I've actually heard about, too. Like huh. IGN. Sure. Hey, yeah. As long as it's not LGN, I'll trust them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so next up in uh, Counselor's Corner. Uh, the game tips. Uh, we talk about uh, Dr. Chaos. Which I, I'm just imagining a screenshot to show Butters with a tinfoil helmet on, but I'm sadly disappointed since this came up before South Park. We're not going to see him going like, oh, crackers and like, do <laughs> shit. It's so, Butters. So it's asking, where is the ultra space sensor? I don't freaking care. I'm more usually, in, I'm usually more interested in the counselors. And uh, here we have Jeffrey Hutt. He kind of looks like a bit like a, like a troll. What's <laughs> It's those thick eyebrows and sloping upper jaw that he has. But uh, the, he's the real attempted thing that... to offset it by wearing a leather jacket with epaulets on it with his pop collar. Yeah, so I mean, he's trying. I mean, but, he really uh, is. But what sinks this guy's ship with me is that his favorite game is Nobunaga's Ambition. Now, I thought it was Nobunaga. <laughs> he can't even spell it. I thought it was like it's like it's like Cowabunga's lame cousin, and uh, no bunga. Hey, TP for no bunga. So, and uh, we, we saw the coverage in the last issue, and it was just like a bunch of fucking numbers on the screen. Like it, it's not a game; it's like an RPG for people who can't. It's like a tabletop RPG for people that can't afford a table. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. That's the type of game that and that's coming from me. Yeah. yeah, that's like a nerd squared. No, right? And uh, sorry, next trauma. Did you, you guys trying to say something there between us? Oh, yeah. Like, I couldn't hear him. What was he saying? Well, that's the type of game that people say they like. Like, they try to sound smart. Like, I don't have a TV, but it's the video game equivalent of that. 
<laughs> if you're tr- if you're trying to get into a mathematician's pants, that's the kind of game that you're like, oh yeah, I was into Nobunaga's ambition. Well, you said it right. All right, so uh, if you want to come over for dinner, I'll make ram- I'll make like stuff for you. That's but, like uh, someone saying, yes, I still get the newspaper, but only for Sudoku, which I complete every day. <laughs> okay, and, we got to uh, talk about Jeff Palmer here. Oh, I was about to talk about Mark. Oh, that's the one guy I wasn't going to talk about simply because he, uh, I was going to talk about Je- uh, Mark Debelak and Scott Para. Their uh, their favorite games both say Mega Man Two. So I got to say these dudes are upstanding. They're uh, they're on the level. I'm uh, I'm up with them. Okay, back to my my man Jeff here. <laughs> Come on, man! You got this your picture poor, taken, and you take that stash to work. This poor <laughs> bastard is a redhead. And he's got freckles, and he decided to have a mustache along with his uh, red hair fro. Where are the children, Jeff? <laughs> we know you have them. Where are the children? This guy looks like he literally could be related to Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> Maybe he's moonlighting. You know you're a game counselor when your hobbies include computers and Nintendo games. If people pay you to tell them how to play video games, you might be a counselor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought his, his hobby is weightlifting. <laughs> really? Oh What's my his... god! I, I cannot imagine this guy cut. <laughs> I mean, Wait, I mean yeah. Way you see with his shirt he, off. He already <laughs> looks bad enough. He does not need to get swole. I mean, then you got a carrot top situation going on. Uh, the the one clue uh, that I did think worth mentioning was Friday the Thirteenth. Where they ask, how do I collect stronger weapons? Where are the sweater and the pitchfork? And uh, apparently, like from this description, uh, it keeps describing how you'll have to beat Jason and his mother. And then you'll have to beat Jason and his mother. And then you'll get a sweater to reduce your damage and a pitchfork to increase your damage. And then fight Jason and Jason's mother. So you have to fight these people three times. And if I, I tried playing Jason, I've tried fighting Jason once, and uh, you know him, him in his friggin' purple tracksuit kicked my like, ass. Like, look at this! Like, why does he have a blue hockey mask? It was never blue. You can't even put white on the damn screen. Yes, you can. I see candles in the next screenshot. Yeah, I don't know why they chose white, uh, blue masks, or purple tracksuit. It makes I mean, no sense. Because then I, they have the human right in front of them. And it's like perfectly colored. Yeah, she Skin has tone flesh. is amazing. Yeah, she has flesh tone. Like the graphics are kind of okay. And then Jason shows up and he's like, Herpy derpy, I'm blue. I'm blue, double dee dum dum, blah, double dee dee. He's like uh, the uh, human, <laughs> like, humanoid like, uh, cousin like, of Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> he's Eiffel 65. He's blue, double dee dum da. Oh my god, this is just. This is shitty DM. I gotta get away. Uh, Let's go to the top 30 and talk about good games. All right. Uh, number one, tracking Super Mario Brothers 2. Number two, yeah. Zelda 2. Man, sequels kicking ass. Number three, Ninja Gaiden. Well, you know what's coming up soon Ninja Gaiden 2. Uh, Actually, can I, can I go back to the, uh, number one, number two? The points are rearranged, I think, because that doesn't seem right. Yeah, what the hell? Zelda 3 is number 2 and it's got 13,000 points. Super Mario Brothers 2 has 12,000 points. 12,900 points. And it's number 1. Hmm. 
fact checking here is suspect. Mm. Yeah, I think Mario's got. Uh, I think Mario is uh, clearly exercising some privilege. <laughs> his cameo, his cameo on the cover. Eh, close enough. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, rounding at the top five is Legend of Zelda One and Tecmo Bowl with Blaster Master coming in at number six, Woot. and Mega Man Two. Shit, like what the hell? Mega Man Two is number nine. Ugh. It's barely come out though, right? Uh, well, yeah, but still, I mean, you think as soon as it hit the ground, people would be like, "Fuck, great." Like, yes. Like, <laughs> anyway. Uh, next Get it in my is... veins, yes. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Uh, next is Dragon Warrior. Hot damn, the artwork on this is sterling. It looks like it's taken, like, from uh, uh, heavy metal comic books. It's, uh... I was going to say, like, an old painting or, like, a tapestry from the... No, it doesn't look like anything like Fact Santa doing its friggin' goofy, like, like margins of Mad Magazine comic. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, this one is is good. And, uh, have, have and you how do they start it off? Born of a Legend, an RPG. They talk oh. about again. This is like the fourth issue in a row. They explain in great detail what the hell an RPG is. Oh yeah, this uh, yeah. I got, I got to read this introduction. But being an RPG in medieval times, it has to be done in a Celtic accent. It's been a long time in coming, but finally, there's a role-playing game for the NES that draws you into the heart of the action. In the distant land of Elfgard, a story unfolds with you as a hero, a descendant of the great warrior Erdrick, who once fought and conquered a great evil. Now it is your turn. But as a newcomer to this world, you are ill-prepared for the monumental task that lies ahead. And on and on and on and on. But, so, just what is an RPG? Okay, because, you know, we we've talked about Fax Sanadu, and in previous games we talked about Wizards and Warriors, right? Didn't we? Didn't we cover an RPG earlier? I think we covered a whole article about what the hell an RPG was, but it was in preparation for this yeah. game, I think. No, but we there was games like wasn't it Ultima or some game where uh, like where uh, yeah we talked about other yes we had like, a, we had an argument to... over whether or not Legend of Zelda was considered an RPG which I said it was and you disagreed with me wholeheartedly well yeah the, the <laughs> well the only thing he gets is experience Zelda but, two like, you can spend points on like magic and health and shit like that it's it barely skates in oh whatever it's like an oh. RPG once removed. So it says here. I'll tell you what's a real RPG. Nobunaga's ambition. Woo, oh, baby. <laughs> oh, no. It's just numbers. <laughs> huh. yeah. So it says here, what is an RPG? <laughs> well, it's not, a, it's not a rocket-propelled grenade. It's a game in which you take on a role like an actor in a play, except in the game you don't have a script to follow. Everything oh, that takes place is dependent on the choices you make as you search for gold and information and battle through the wilderness between towns. Each time you give the command to fight an enemy, unlock a door, or speak to a passing peasant, you are changing the course of the action. You know, it sounds like more with all the freedom that's uh, inferred by this. It sounds like they're describing a Western RPG, you know, like Fallout, where you actually have an effect on the outcome. This is definitely a JRPG where you are like playing a role, you know, like an actor in a play, and you have to stick to the script. Like there's very little freedom you actually have except uh, about the end, which I'll uh, I'll get to later. 
Yeah, the only tr- but, uh, changing of the course of action is whether or not you live or die. Yeah, this says here, and it shows like an overhead screenshot. Your quest leads through fields, desert, mountains, passes, and forests. Towns appear small from the outside their protective walls, but this is an illusion. Thank you. Actually, the towns are large. <laughs> yeah, of course. A town isn't a friggin' house on the map. It only looks like that to signify it, and yet it's just like, no, I, I know it looks like a house, but trust me, it's not a house. It's several houses. Son, let me teach you about what a random encounter is. It's what a man and a woman find themselves in a dark alley. And then, oh, oh, RPG. Oh, oh, yes, a uh, random encounter. Oh, let me see what this is. Uh, and then it says, like, learn magic and raise your level with experience points. And then there's much to do with elf guard in elf elf guard before you're ready to face the wrath of the dragon lord, and uh, you get to see some great artwork of a blue dragon spewing flame and a guy in just jumping over the flame, and uh, it's pretty cool. One thing that's nice is they have a save feature, so they're not using one of the god awful password systems. Yep, and uh, what about you, Tron? You have played Dragon Warrior? Oh, my experience is limited with it. Um, one of my friends, when I was a kid, had it, and that was my first exposure, really, to RPGs. So it was definitely a unique experience seeing, for example, the small towns and getting my mind blown by the fact that the town got bigger, for instance. Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so this magazine was for you, to warn you that it, it will get bigger. Yeah, it was, it was for Luddites like me. I mean, yeah. people that have been told like millions of times what an RPG is. Every <laughs> uh, and uh, we, uh, yeah, so they keep telling you in the uh, lore that uh, you are a prophesied hero. Yeah, and that, uh, oh, your, your, your coming was foretold by your ancestor. And it's like, well, I, I think it coincided with his coming. Because then he's just like, ah! Oh, well, I guess I'm going to have a descendant. All right. Uh, better better prepare for the future. Lovely. <laughs> and uh, we get to see the spells that you get to use, like hurt, even though it's just a guy shooting fire out of his hand. Oh, these are these are amazing. Yeah, oh, sp- hurt? Sp- Doesn't that sound like it would hurt you? Or no. are, you, are you putting a hurt on somebody? No, I, like I, 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 this guy should be holding a a nine inch nails album. <laughs> I will, I will make you hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, yeah. Well, and then, uh, well I like how Johnny there's Cash at the times. There'd be no Johnny Cash at the time, but uh... I liked how there's a heel where the guy is just like <laughs> pumping iron and pointing at his like twenty uh, six inch pythons. Oh, yeah. And then oh, there's uh, a heel more where he's clearly wearing all his armor. But it looks like the sun is a, is uh, emerging from his stomach. <laughs> I know. It's like he tried to cast Healmore, and then he just evaporated himself instead. Yeah. <laughs> I got rid of the injury by removing the body that was that it was that was there. But right. uh, yeah, the, the heel. It just the heel artwork is so good. He's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I guess I don't belong in medieval times since I clearly brought these guns. Hey man, you got tickets to gun show. Uh, next is Radiant, and this guy, like, he's just got this smug look like Howard, 
when he's about to when he's about to show Nestor what he's doing wrong, he's just like, actually, I've got an idea. Say, <laughs> next is return. That's just fucking straight out Superman. Just has like a long dress on or something, where he's like a <laughs> he's a, a comet. <laughs> Maybe like he's, he's a firework. It's like he's uh being shot out of a can in a circus. <laughs> and the next is hurt more. Which is just some, him incinerating some guy with, like with a kamehameha or something. Right. I like the names. These are very imaginative. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. And uh, next we see the worlds of Dr- the world of Dragon Warrior. <laughs> Turn on the power, and the title screen appears. Press start. Wow. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Nintendo Power. The NES has been around at this point for what? It came out in 1985. Right. So it's been around for three years. I think we know how to turn the freaking thing on. Thank you. <laughs> it says, now you've reached the screen where you enter your name. Is this really the first game they, where you got to name your character? Because I'm like, pretty sure Link had that. Yeah. Both of the Zelda games had that. Yeah. You could name your damn character. How dumb do they think the well, readers I'm, are? Well, I mean, like, do, why are you telling me what a fucking name screen is? And it says here, in this case, the player's name is Nestor. And just to reiterate, we get to see Nestor saying, my name is Nestor. <laughs> and then finally, the screenshot of him entering in the name Nestor. Hey, so, got all home. Because he's Nestor. Is he Nestor? <sighs> yeah, that's Nestor. I, my favorite part of this whole that's article. Nestor rhymes over here. Is the... Uh, Next page, where it, it's sort of like I got all these thought bubbles for the hero of the adventure, and it's in his uh, own uh, language. Many useful items have I found. Tis now time to go. Hark! <laughs> a red slime. Not a herald angel, but a red slime. Curses! The fiend doth attack. Ah! ah I am wounded. I am wounded. Wounded I am. After a oh. night's rest at the inn, I feel fit enough to fight a dragon. Well, good, because you're going to have to fight one. <laughs> uh, and uh, it says your quest begins. Really? Because you've laid out everything. Rescue the princess, <laughs> defeat the dragon lord. But you know what? You don't have to rescue the princess. I beat this game just like uh, conveniently. I want to see what the game would do. I beat the dragon lord. And uh, when you show up at the king's castle with the big parade and the procession, he's just like, very good. When Well, you've restored peace to the land now. Can you find my daughter? <laughs> and, and you don't even have to do it. He'll just walk away to do it. And as he's walking out of the castle, it fades out and you got the credits and all that. Nice. But uh, yeah, because when you cross the, uh, the dark tunnel to get from one uh, continent to another... If you just go straight and don't explore the rest of the cave, you don't find the princess. She's in this dark cave. Like you'll uh, you'll get some information from townsfolks telling them like, oh, a dragon took her and blah blah blah. But no, she hasn't been taken by the dragon lord. Uh, she's just been taken by a fucking dragon. And if he and if he, and if he lays low long enough, you can just beat this game and forget about him. Uh, but uh, nice. Uh, and uh, the, they did uh, a nice bit of foreshadowing with the Dragon Lord, although he looks more like Dracula than a dragon. But uh, the uh, the game does have... He does get bigger, although he doesn't look like that. He just looks like a bigger dragon. 
But uh, it, it definitely intimidated me when I beat the Dragon Lord the first time. And then, like it says, now the Dragon Lord has revealed his true form. And then the music just changes to like this menacing, like, dum, 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 oh, dum, shit. dum, dum. Uh, so I go, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Anything else on Dragon Warrior or should we move forward? No, we we can... Uh, All right. Next up is uh, Strider. So uh, I, I read up a little bit on this game and uh, remember how I mentioned last time when we talked about the preview that I thought it was an arcade game and I was familiar with that? Yeah. So what's interesting is they developed the Nintendo game and the arcade game at the same time. So they are similar but different. Um, I love the... Uh, I love the screenshots here. He looks like Lionel from Thundercats. A little bit with his hair, the red hair. Yeah. And and the blue suit and the mm-hmm. orange and the orange skin. So <laughs> yeah, he, he's Lionel and he's even holding a light sword uh, for the plasma arrow. It says plasma arrow, but it doesn't look like a bow and arrow. It looks like he's holding a damn sword like Luke Skywalker in the uh, Star Wars poster. <laughs> plasma arrow. So- ho. <laughs> so tell me more about the game oh so the, uh, yeah, arcades yeah so it was released around the same time and um so i'll, t- I'll tell you the, about the plot here set in a dystopian future during the year 2048 the game centers around a secret organization of high-tech ninja-like operatives known as striders who specialize in various kinds of wet work such as smuggling kidnapping demolitions and disruptors and uh, disruption. The player takes control of Hiryu, the youngest ever elite class strider in the organization. And then it goes into what his mission was and whatnot. Yeah, to fight the awesome computer Zane. <laughs> right. <laughs> Find Kane, defeat it's, Zane. It's kind of a mess in the story after that. <laughs> it's based on a, it's actually based on a, a manga. This is where I think, believe some of the art comes from. In this in this uh, magazine, the uh, the levels and the artwork in the game look great, and uh, the way they describe like uh, hit points, uh, E H max and E max, and they uh, they go up. So it looks like it may be like an RPG. Well, not an RPG because you don't gain experience, I guess, but you gain power ups to uh, increase your strength. It uh, looks like a damn fine game. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I can't speak for the NES version, but the arcade one is is uh, pretty good. It's fun. Uh, what about you, Tron? Any thoughts on this game? Uh-uh. I never played the original NES one or the um, arcade one, but it's definitely endured over the years. And I played the remake back about a year or two ago, and the mechanics were there. It was very impressive. So there's definitely a good reason why it's endured all these years. And uh, like they have like little uh, screenshots of everything going on, but uh, the one thing that gets me is the quest for truth moves on. <laughs> uh, disc four reveals the shocking truth about the Zane project. The project uses a machine to broadcast signals that will control someone or drive them to madness. Uh, we saw this plot used in the movie The Kingsman. <laughs> oh, Samuel, I was thinking of uh, Samuel they L. Live. Jackson. I was thinking of They Live with uh, Roddy Roddy Piper. Shit, I need to see that movie. You haven't seen that movie? Oh my god, it's amazing. I downloaded it, never got to see it. <laughs> I, I, I did see the... Uh, Put the, the glasses fight. on! I did see the fight scene on YouTube. <laughs> I'm not putting those glasses on. You can't make me. Fuck yeah, I can. I'll beat the shit out of you before you end up in Mass Effect. 
bam. Like, he's I came here to do two sh- things. <laughs> to chew bubblegum and to kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I'm here to die before my time. Like every like line from Duke Nukem was stolen from that movie and from like Evil Dead 2. Uh, <laughs> and uh yeah, I like the I like the end of the quest moves on though. It talks about uh uh the world is a very big place for just one man and unless he can come up with some solid clues, he may never find the Zade machine. China, Africa, Australia, L.A., wherever he may start now only seems like a wild shot in the dark. The stage is set to test the metal of Strider. And they spelled metal like M-E-T-A-L instead yeah. of actually M-E-T-T-L-E. testing M-E-T-T-L-E. Yeah, so they're testing his blade, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of metal, RoboCop. Freeze, dirtbag. Drop is it, creep. There, is there a man behind the machine? Yeah. I mean, we can see his face. We all remember how he. Got, we all, yeah, we all remember how he got uh, crucified by bullets in the uh, in the movie. Which again, like the NES is supposed to be like a family entertainment system. That's why it's called the Family Computer. And uh, like, I can understand the need to make a RoboCop game, but uh, like, you you think anybody who knows what RoboCop is, right? Wouldn't it be playing? Wouldn't it expect it to show up there? Because you're just like, um, I remember being kind of uh, incredibly violent, depressing, and gory, and yeah, like I don't. It was it, shocking it, like, to me that this thing, this property, was marketed to kids. Honestly, because I didn't see anything Robocop wise until as an adult, and I mean the movie really holds up well, but it's like supremely violent and uh, <laughs> it's it's basically the Bible if it was uh, written in America. <laughs> like a, a man shows up he gets crucified stigmata with bullets and then he gets the crown of thorns which was a shotgun blast to the face and uh then he's resurrected comes back three days later to spread uh, a message of peace through force and at one point he even walks over water so and and the director even said yeah it's american jesus really that's amazing yeah. I'm yeah. just disappointed they didn't get the uh, money to put up the uh, RoboCop statue in Detroit. Oh, man. But let's freaking Detroit. True. But, but uh, uh, <laughs> here again is a complaint about the coloring scheme. So obviously he's a gray metal, gray and black, and like, you know, his face is supposed to be human looking. You yeah. look at the screenshots, he's just completely blue. He's got blue skin un- uh, under the helmet. Like, right. ugh. Poor guy. And then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we get to see his weapons. The Auto 9 handgun is RoboCop's standard issue. Its rapid-fire capability is awesome. The machine gun. You must use, find the machine gun to use it. No shit. <laughs> it fires so fast, it's like a solid stream of bullets. Double no shit. <laughs> Cobra gun. This devastating weapon is more like a tank gun than a handheld weapon. Its firepower is unmatched. Well, that's nice. And, uh... Then it gets the potion A and potion B, time edition, and finally machine gun magazine. I don't remember in the movie there being any potions that uh, RoboCop needs to use. Do you remember that part of the movie? Uh, uh, the time edition scene was definitely something that skipped my notice. <laughs> yeah, the whole way of making this palatable for kids is to add magic and time travel, apparently. Oh, yeah, because, you know, kids aren't going to be interested by driving 
through a man who's been liquefied by a radioactive waste. Yeah, <laughs> kids aren't going to be interested by that. Um, and that scene was fucking fantastic, where he just splashes the guy, and he ends up like smearing him off the windshield with the wipers, and ugh. lovely. Uh, it's just beautiful vengeance. So uh, we see uh, for stage one, one of the screenshots shows a guy with a jetpack attacking RoboCop, and it says, "Look out! That's no police helicopter. You know, fucking shit. It's a guy with a jetpack. He doesn't look anything like a helicopter." I would say thanks for the heads up, but I clearly don't need it since I see that it is a man with a gun and a jetpack, not a helicopter. I mean, uh, but the, it does make up for it with a kick-ass two-page uh, Ed 209 poster. It's hot. Oh, yeah, it's so hot that you can see the uh, the barrel smoking. And uh, which brings us to the next game. Dun 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 da dun dun dun. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck world. Duck blur. Oh, duck blur. My solve a mystery. Or rewrite history. Ducktales. Woo! All right. What's Uncle Scrooge up to this time? Join in the fun as the eccentric millionaire goes on a worldwide scavenger hunt for the five most valuable treasures known to duck kind. Oh yeah, the rich get richer. He doesn't <laughs> need the money. He's just, uh, it's just I'm fucking rich now. I'm gonna get fucking richer. What? This is the eighties. This is Wall Street time. Oh yeah, greed <laughs> is good. It's a Gordon Gecko of Disney. Oh yeah. Sure he's like Donald. Well. Like, you know, he's like Donald Trump. Like just fucking. Oh, Rich, yeah, because I'm so damn great. Look at this big pile of money. I'm, I'm so damn great. This pile yeah. is huge. Well, I know they make it, They actually cover this quite a bit in here with several pages of, uh, you know, tips, basically, which is odd because the next issue, their cover story is DuckTales. Yeah. So, so they, really get, uh, they really get in good for a preview. Right. Uh, I like the, the five treasures. The scepter in the Amazon... Transylvania coin of the lost realm. The Himalayas has the crown of Genghis Khan. The Amer the African mines has a diamond, of course, but uh, the moon, the cheese, the green cheese of longevity. <laughs> like that's just a fucking stupid prize. And it's a, such a disgrace for the level, which clearly has the most iconic and memorable music of all the levels. Right. Which, it's a game of great music anyway, but yeah, the moon is... Oh. Alright, well, I didn't want to give too much Scro coverage to this since we're doing, we're doing a next uh, yeah, episode. Will need, yeah, Scrooge will need some help. And we see, like, Dewey, like, just dancing. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he's dancing to. Yeah, we don't, uh, don't need to cover this much since we'll be uh, talking about it in the next issue. Uh, next is, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> And uh, the first page is just a fucking half-page note by Roger Rabbit going, Eddie, help! <laughs> and uh, Eddie just couldn't be more interested, less interested. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get to see the power meter. Uh, it says, like, for graphics, four out of five. Play control, three. Mm. Challenge, 3.5 out of four. And theme and fun, four out of five. Is this really a four out of five game? <laughs> I don't think so. 
yeah, so it's, it seems like we've may, we may be uncovering some corruption at, uh, at Nintendo Power. It seems like some people are uh, yeah, that's getting way, some, getting way some too high reviews. for an LJN game. No, there's there's no it doesn't even hit one basically. I know there's supposed to be some scandals about uh, IGN or GameSpot reviews, and you know th- this shit's always been around apparently. Oh yeah. E- either that, or they brought a simple guy in, and he's just being honest. Yeah, he like the you, uh, get, you get to drive a cab just like the movie, so it's good. No, I no, like no, the title because, screen. Just, it's just fun. Because, just because it's there doesn't mean it's good. Right. Well, uh, they've got the overhead map in here, which is actually uh, very useful. You're basically just driving around looking for clues and shit, and like gathering a bunch of crap. There's not a whole lot of action in this game, to be honest. I know it doesn't tell you how to beat the uh, the impossible and broken parts. <laughs> right. Like, why do birds fly south in the winter? It shows one of those screenshots. Oh, it yeah, it does. It has like the follow up screenshot and says because it's too far to walk. Ha 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 ha. So you make the weasels laugh and you get to go away, get to run away, and uh, like one of those screenshots shows Eddie and it shows like a weapon selected. Holding fist. <laughs> like he's holding his fist. Nice. Like he's about to do something that shouldn't be in the kids' game. Maybe it's well, a rubber he's, fist. He's, he's, he's about to fist Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's a cartoon, so he's definitely got uh, the elasticity to allow that into his cavity. True. And all he needs is an ice pack, and he'll be good, and he'll be good to go. But uh, there he is, like, there's, it shows, like, uh, uh, Roger and Jessica on on the screen, and there's Eddie just, again, completely disinterested. Like, he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like Bob Hoskins could see the Mario movie coming around the corner, and he's just already lost his will to live. <laughs> oh, poor Bob Hoskins. Uh, uh, right. I, can't, I can't wait to see if the Mario movie gets mentioned or Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. This. I mean, like, you know, being in part of the company, there's got to be some. It's good. It's, it's, it's a movie. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. They'll shill for it. If they're going to shill for this game, they'll definitely shill for their own property for sure. Uh, next is Iron Sword. Uh, you know, from all the graphics and everything, it looks like it's a side scrolling action version of Dragon Warrior. Well, here's what's weird is this is actually a sequel. It's This is Wizards and Warriors 2. But they don't mention that anywhere here in the article. Like they, the, the game cover says Wizards and Warriors two on like right on it with a picture <laughs> of uh, Fabio uh, brandishing like a, a Conan sword. Huh? Here it's just an empty suit of armor. Yeah, I know they missed out. They could have had uh, Fabio and his glowing locks. <laughs> what gets me is uh, some of the spells you can use, like the Dragon Tooth spell. That doesn't tell me what the hell this does. The asp tongue, I imagine that would poison somebody. But next is the silver fleece spell. So <laughs> de- de- defeat your enemies with the power of snuggy softness. Yeah, <laughs> get them a snuggie. <laughs> a minute. And uh, next is the Howard and Nestor comic. Uh, Nestor is stuck on Mean Street. And he's <laughs> thinking, boy, did I ever get off at the wrong stop. And just to show you how bad this neighborhood is... A dog is scaring a cat, and someone has moved a manhole cover and looking around. 
And this uh, woman says, can I help you with something? You look lost. Now I just don't know where I am. So who are you? I'm April. So, yeah, we get to see this is probably April O'Neil. And uh, she says, I have some friends. They may be able to help you. And Nestor's first response, appropriately, is they don't wear bow ties, do they? (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or have any red hair? As a matter of fact, they don't have any hair at all. They're turtles. And then we finally get to see they're not just any turtles. They're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh. And uh, the, the biggest problem I see right here is Donatello is by the window, just swinging his bow staff furiously for some reason. <laughs> and then we see Raphael with Donatello's bandana on. Like, uh, why? Like, why he's got a purple mask on well, like Donatello? I don't know. It looks just but, looks pink in the print, by the way. Mike, it does? Yeah, it looks pink in the oh, print so version. This, so this, oh, my God, this is still bad. But oh, this, yeah. guy's, this guy's scan has clearly degraded. Yeah, I mean, Raph uh, is clearly a little light in the loafers. You know oh, yeah. I mean? he's, he, he's, the, he's the affirmative action Ninja Turtle. Right. Don't, he's the don't ask, don't tell turtle. Now you know why he's, <laughs> why he's rude. Oh, yeah, he's cool but rude. <laughs> he, because they just couldn't say sassy back then. Right. He's, uh, so. uh, fabulous. Yeah, so the Nestor asked them, are you the real Ninja Turtles? And they're like, well, we're not the Three Musketeers. Oh. And uh, and then they say, aren't you Nestor, the great video game player? Now, all the turtles here, I don't know why they have blue eyes. Like, eyes. White. Come on. Nestor's got white eyes. April's got white eyes. Even though it looks like every time she's drawn, she progressively gets older. <laughs> It's like she looks like a she looks like a like a fourteen year old when she says I'm April, then she looks like twenty four when she says like they don't have any hair at all, and then when we see her standing over Nestor she looks like thirty five, and then we get to see like wrinkles and shading when uh, Nestor says my friends simply call me Nestor the Great now she looks like a milf like forty, so I don't know why she's spontaneously aging it might just be exposure to all the mutagen co- radiating off the turtles. <laughs> so, so the Michelangelo's like, you probably don't know about our new. I bet you probably know all about our new game. <clears throat> but instead of saying our new game, so that we know they're talking about Ninja Turtles, he says our new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Right. Like, so in case you didn't know what they were, yeah, reading just, the comic. Just in case you thought that the Ninja Turtles were putting out Superman sixty four or something. So, uh, Nestor says I wrote the book on it. We can't seem to get through Area 3. They made this game, and yet they can't get through it. It's like it's like they're the creators of Battletoads or something. <laughs> and then Nestor's just like, oh, that's easy. You just have to eat 99 pizzas. Oh, well, I hope we ordered enough. Right. And then they, they, they eat all the pizzas, and Michelangelo's like, I love this game. And then Nestor's, of course, having some difficulty. And uh, then Donnie says, Leo, where's the issue of Nintendo Power? And then Leo's holding up an issue on Nintendo Power, but uh, it looks like it got someone must have left a pizza on top of it because they took a bite out of it. Yeah. And then it says, this guy says every turtle should have 99 scrolls before entering Area 3, not pizzas. Says who? Who wrote the book? And then we see everyone's favorite smug protagonist, <laughs> Howard friggin' Bowtie, stupid shit-eating Grin Phillips. Ugh. And then Nestor, of course, is just like, I'd like to make it through this comic strip once without seeing him. 
And then we have classified information. And uh, we get to see tips from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Mentioned is the step-over trick, which you mentioned earlier, for the uh, the gap where you can't jump over because the ceiling's too low. Just walk mm-hmm. over it. Some and, trick, uh, man. Pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's I don't seem to have any uh, thoughts on the games mentioned in here. It's uh, like Cobra, Life Force, Super Mario Brothers 2, Zelda... And next is video shorts. We get to see bad dudes. The president, the president is missing, kidnapped by the notorious Dragon Ninja. This mission calls for a subtle penetration of the Dragon's ninja forces by a limited special assault team, the Bad Dudes. So uh, let me get what? this straight: the president's been kidnapped. The CIA, the FBI, SWAT, and the Secret Service are no match. For a part-time dojo manager in a tank top, go get him <laughs> to go penetrate the Dragon Ninja Force. Well, you got you, 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 you got to get it lubed up first, then you can penetrate it. Oh, I see. That's why they're bad dudes, though. Oh yeah, they don't they, they don't need lube. They just go and run like you're gonna take it, and that's that. That's right. Enough dude to go bareback. <laughs> uh, and uh, then we see the adventures of Tom Sawyer. But, uh, you know, this Tom Sawyer doesn't get by on you, but the space he invades is your NES. <laughs> Lovely. This does not look like the book to me. There's like a giant octopus. <laughs> yeah, well, I like the fact that he's st- like they couldn't have they couldn't have the black guy in the comic. So instead, he's stabbing a black croc instead. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I'm glad that they took out the racism. Oh, it says player two is can be Huckleberry Finn. Well, no, like instead of just killing a croc, it's a black croc. So they 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 just they just uh, transubstantiated the racism. Lovely. It's just taken on a different form. <laughs> uh, and next is uh, well, there are several games, but what gets me is to the Earth, and all I can and it says like the it's the year twenty fifty. So with the name and the date. All I can think is, one of these days, Alice, pow, zoom, straight to the earth. Lovely. It's a zapper game, apparently. You're just, like, shooting it like ghosts? What is that? Yeah, and, uh... You skip past uh, Defender of the Crown. I need to talk about this artwork in here. This is amazing. It looks, it looks like Dragon Warrior a bit. This is like a jousting game. Look, there's, like, a screenshot of, like, a, it's like a first-person jousting game. Fie! Those be Norman varlets scaling your castle walls. Aim your crossbow true. And it just looks like a Monty Python, like the top of the beginning of Monty Python where it has guys standing <laughs> on top of a castle. But the artwork for this game is this dude on a horse with this oy, gigantic oy, what, lance. Oi, what do you mean as far west as the sparrow flies? How far can a sparrow fly west? Well, I don't know what's he carrying. The, the, guy, on the, looks, the guy on the horse is overcompensating. Yeah, it's it's and, taking up the entire uh, length, diagonal length of the page. Uh, there's like it seems like there's a sorcerer and he's scrying over a a lollipop or something, <laughs> and, and, and behind him is a cave woman, a uh, 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 the hero from Legend of Lolo, and 
and a cyber knight. Like, none of this shit makes any sense. It's glorious. Uh, and, and then the, the guy holding the, the, the joust, he's got a tablecloth on his horse <laughs> and a sword that's so fucking long, even Sephiroth is being like, come on, man, like, get real. Right. <laughs> The picture of the horse reminds me of a um, meme where people are wondering if dogs will wear pants on their back legs or if they would wear it like, on, um, like below the waist. It, <laughs> obviously, it's been solved. It was solved 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, dogs can walk on their hind legs, so they only need it from the, uh, the waist down to the back. Exactly. You put a shirt on the front legs. There you go. <laughs> I mean, All right. Any other games you want to mention in the pack in the uh, video shorts? Nope. Let's get forward uh, to the pack watch area. Ah, oh, the Game Boy. Yeah, new compact video game system. So then they talk talk to you more about uh, what the Game Boy includes: stereo earphones, a video link cable for connecting two Game Boys, plus a game pack as part of the introductory package. Which game? Better hold on to something. It's Tetris. <laughs> right. So it talks about it appearing in uh, September of this was worth Tetris was worth getting the Game Boy alone. Oh yeah. It, it's I mean like for such a simplistic game, it is just so friggin' good. Oh totally. Like packing it in was a total clue for Nintendo. Ah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like a universal game, too. It's not like, uh, you know, it was something that, like, moms and dads could even get into and kind of play. Yeah, and you have no idea that you're jamming to, like, uh, 200-year-old uh, Russian folk music. Like, right. you, just, you, you just think, oh, it's, the, it's made for this game. No, it's not. It's like, Kor- the, the title's called Korobenki, and it's a, it's a very old game. It's very old uh, music. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Double Dragon, or as I like to call it, Double D Delight. Double Dragon Two. Yeah, it's a sequel. This and they I love how they uh, put in all caps twice. Two players simultaneous play. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's co-op. I get it. Yeah, and then we see uh, other games coming up like the Terminator, Ghostbusters Two. And uh, it says Activision is known for its expertise with soundtracks. And word is it that they've captured some of the songs as well as some scenes from the film. That's but, the uh, minimum I would expect from a licensed game. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and at the very bottom, Marvel's X-Men. Oh, God. I had that game. We played a little bit of this one from LJN. And we're pleased to find a bit of role playing involved with each X-Man. Excuse me? Having individual characteristics. And powers faithful to the classic comic book. Yeah, we wish we wish they were larger, but then they are mutants after all. That what game, does being a mutant have to do with being small? That game was a fucking travesty. It is so awful. It's an LJN game. How could they go right? It is so terrible. You know, speaking of terrible travesties, that dancing robot to the right is something that <laughs> is insane. Oh, he he he's a cool dude, man. He's got shades on. He's got a Jufro. He's 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 freaking rocking it, man. Uh, although he's just like, hey, man, what are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? Right. He's like like the um, writer of an '80s action movie thought of a jive talking dancing robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and then next is... Well, hold on. Uh, before we get there. Yeah. So he skipped over Super Off-Road, which it announces, and it'll be the first four-player simultaneous play. That's right. So it's Super Off-Road. You can, you can play four players in this game. And they're saying, okay, we know what you're saying. That's impossible. There's no controller for the NES that allows for four players. Well, read on for earth-shattering news on the just-announced NES satellite, which is oh, the next I th- page. I thought it was called the multi-tap, but... Well, here's what's funny, because like, I don't remember this satellite thing at all. No, I, mean, there I was something the else For the NES, it's called the four-score. Shit, was the multi-tap for the SNES then? Because I remember the... Yeah, you're thinking of the, S- the SNES, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember the satellite, but it's huge. It looked like it was almost as big as the Nintendo itself. Yeah, so the difference between the two... These, what's interesting is the satellite came out first. And, of course, it's everyone's favorite, wireless. Hooray! <laughs> Unfortunately, that wireless is infrared technology. Mm. <laughs> so you basically have a like a four... Four-person uh, multi-tap thing that you have to add batteries to, and have line of sight directly to the NES, which has the other component plugged into it. So this whole page goes over all the different uh, additional third-party uh, controllers. I, I which... like the NES. I like <clears throat> the NES satellite. They mm-hmm. do. They have such limited space, so they make sure that eighty percent of it is controllers and the original NES <laughs> so that you have no freaking godly idea what the hell the NES satellite looks like. Right. All you see is like a bunch of shit on the screen and NES and some tiny little thing you don't know. Right. And now we can move on to other things like, again, the pr- another precursor to the fucking horrible N64 controller, <laughs> a, a central a central joystick. Yeah, it's called the Gizmo, and it has the top of the controller with no purpose for the space. It just has Gizmo. Like it looks like it was like uh, the same kind of font and style you find uh, scratched into the uh, inside of a men's room stall. (laughs) (laughs) For a good time, call Gizmo. Gizmo. (laughs) Uh, And and you know that this is a Gizmo. I I feel completely justified putting in water. It's got the A and B buttons on either side, so it's, it is like this, like the N sixty four controller. You're right. You have to hold like the middle to use the joystick, and you can do it left or right handed though. So, so you can, so you can be completely uncomfortable and uncoordinated, right. no matter what you're, no matter if you're left or right handed. Ah, but it's got a ten foot cord and a non skid surface. Yeah, like that's forty five at like a going out business sale for like one cent, and then you get beat. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, they've got the uh, Competition Pro, which looks almost identical like, to a Sega Genesis controller. Exactly. <laughs> Foreshadowing their competition. It is right. the Competition Pro, so they had to make their own competition, just like Coke did with Pepsi. Right. Well, it is it is a contoured, so that's a plus for it. It's got a larger D-pad for your giant buttons. And it's got larger A and B buttons and also has turbo control, slow motion, etc. And that's about it. Okay. Now tell me about this double player system because uh, what the hell is this? <laughs> this has a badass uh, commercial, by the way, um, if you look it up on YouTube. This was made by um, Acclaim, actually. 
and um, it's a wireless it, it's a wireless system for two controllers basically. Unfortunately, the wireless is still infrared, so you have to maintain line of sight. However, the controllers do have uh, turbo buttons, um, the auto fire, and uh, slow um, features that every other controller has, and it's a little bit contoured. And it has an auto shut off to prevent battery drain, which what? is considerate of them. So now mm-hmm. it lasts a whole hour. Right. Next is the Joycard Sensui, which <laughs> is shaped very similar to the regular NES controller, uh, except it's, has, it's gray and gold. Yeah, it looks like a Famicom controller. So this one's interesting in that um, you can hook it up to your... Um, basically, it has a second cord that comes out and connects to the NES's, NES where the um, audio comes out. So you can bypass the audio going from the TV, going to the TV basically, and have it go into the controller. And then you can hook up headphones to the controller and hear the sounds coming out of the NES through your headphones. Cool. So it's like an Xbox controller, but without any of the uh, speaking into it part. Right. And you can adjust the volume on it with a little slider, and you can adjust the left and right uh, volume independently if you want to. And it has the usual turbo uh, controls for auto fire and stuff like that. Now, I'm really interested in this next one. Tell me about the mothership. This thing, I only saw, I saw one video review on this thing. It just looks like a piece of shit, honestly. <laughs> because it's not a real controller. <laughs> it's not a real controller. It's just like a piece of plastic. And you shove your real NES controller inside this thing, like on like a slot in the bottom of it. That sounds awful. <laughs> right. So you shove it in, shove it in the slot on this thing. It's if, if got like a, the, uh, if you want to have the all the uh, the the feeling of playing an inf- if you want to play a superior game system with the feel of an inferior game system, the Atari, then right. this is for you. So you pop that controller in, and like so, the joystick is sitting over the D pad. And they have these giant A and B buttons sitting over the other the A and B buttons, of course. And um, yeah, so you, you basically play it like that. But uh, it it just is oddly laid out because the A and B buttons are on the behind the uh, joystick. So you can't even like if you're holding it with one hand, you really can't see the buttons with the with your eyes. You can have to just feel. Okay, this is the A button. This is the this is the B button. Your left hand, and it's yeah, kind of like in front of you, kind of like a yeah. you're holding a shotgun or something. <laughs> it's a configuration you're completely unfamiliar with. Right. Oh, yeah. This this looks like a terrible experience. Yeah, I, I like the the slam that they have on here by saying it's budget wise. It's like we know it's shitty. Budget wise, that's a nice that's a nice way of uh, the shills <laughs> saying it's not very good. <laughs> the budget wise pistol. <laughs> Oh, yeah. my God. Now, take us home with the Dominator Master Control, which really sounds like it belongs in a different catalog. Than, yeah. Uh, it just looks like this. an S&M device. It's, like, all black. It's called the Dominator Master Control. <laughs> it's got, like, a long, throbbing black handle for you. Yeah. It, it's really kind of bizarre. You connect any controller up to this thing, so you so it doesn't work on its own. You have to have an existing NES controller, and you plug it into this guy, and then this guy connects wirelessly to your NES, and it's got a joystick in it. It's got the turbo buttons. And so you can turn it your is, 
built like a small laptop. So <laughs> yeah. for, for something for something that's just supposed to be a uh, a, uh, a, a, a a an LED or an what uh, infrared transmitter, yeah. it looks pretty damn big. Yeah, it's massive. Like they they have a picture here where it's hooked up to um, oh what is the official the NES Advantage, and it is yeah. dwarfing the NES Advantage, and that thing is huge. Yeah, the NES Advantage is already big enough on its own. It's like a freaking pizza box. And this it's, thing is just like, pfft, you ain't got nothing on me. Well, it's ridiculous because you have to put it on the table and you have to have it plugged into an original controller. In this case, they have the NES Advantage plugged into it, which is useless when you're playing it because it's taken over by the Dominator. <laughs> it's just like basically it's carrying around its bitch on a leash. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, next, we have uh, hot tickets. Uh, hot, hot, hot. <laughs> then it shows like this weird, this weird monkey demon holding a pitchfork. <laughs> no, not, not a pitchfork. It's a pitch spear or something. And it says, Mindscape is developing an NES version of Shadowgate, the popular PC adventure game. Computer versions of Shadowgate have won prestigious game awards, and word has it that the NES translation plays almost exactly the same. I doubt that. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, and then, and then it shows a duck with aviator goggles and a jetpack. I guess he's like the the, the, the quacketeer or something. And it says, as usual, things are really brewing at Konami. Check out Jack Nicholas's greatest 18 holes of major championship golf and silent service. <laughs> Please tell me silent service is a different game and that this and that you just like happen to have a really long title before it. Silent services. Jack you, Nicholas's silent service. Silent <laughs> services when you're the crowd at a golf tournament. So you, <laughs> you you play the guy with a little sign or the hat just raises it up at the appropriate moments. Uh, silence, please. And, silence. That's the whole and, game. And then we could see like an elf or a hobgoblin or it, it looks like a Christmas elf. <laughs> and it says. Nintendo's own NES play action football is in development. The players are based on real life players and they'll get tired. So you have to substitute just like real football. This one's already a favorite among many of the gameplay counselors. This game will also have a four player feature to use with the NES satellite expected to be kicked off this fall. Never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard of it. You nope. missed out on the, the wonderful illustration of the uh, special turtle. <laughs> cross-eyed and he's got a uh, under <laughs> he's got a helicopter rotor and three blades on top he's of a po- he's a pokemon <laughs> he basically just looks like one of those nerd like dunce caps you know the little pinwheels on him oh yeah, oh, yeah. all right next up we have uh nintendo power is uh patting themselves on the back for their first anniversary and they talk about well, let's oh. let's tell you where all the one ups are in all these games. Yeah, and yeah, that's uh, with some disturbing there. artwork where they omit the noses of Bionic Commando, noses of mouse of Bionic Commando, Link. These are terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, uh, I oh, can tell this you. This is odd. Take. Oh, they have pictures of babies in here. Drawings of babies. What? Where? Look on uh, page ninety-one at the top right. <laughs> it's got a uh, boy and girl baby and the baby the boy baby has a little red bow tie on it 
And if you look very closely at the cake, it says, Happy Birthday, Nintendo Power. Get it? Because they're one year old. Mm. And little baby Howard is, uh, apparently oh. he's procreated since uh, the first issue. And oh, yeah, he's got he's a little got... NES controller. Oh, yeah, that's like little High and Lois with a uh, with a little birthday cake and a little mini controller. And he's got a little choking hazard on his baby already. Oh, weird time travel happening in this issue. Huh. Howard's got a clone or something like that. It's got an NES controller and a cake. Oh, it's about to get weirder because the next page has the NES Journal 100 Years of Nintendo. So it says, mm-hmm. in 1989, Thomas Edison was busy inventing electric light bulbs. Well, Tesla also helped with that, but we're going to leave Eight, that. Yeah, 1889. Back yeah. 100 years there, buddy. This was the year when Fujisiro Yamachi, whose great-grandson is now president of Nintendo Company Limited, began manufacturing traditional Japanese-style playing cards called Hanafuda. He was determined to produce the finest cards available and to give his customers the biggest Yahoo for their yen. His playing cards were sold all over the world. Western-style cards, hearts, clubs, etc. were introduced to Japan by Nintendo. And by 1953, the company had become the first to manufacture and mass-produce plastic playing cards. Pretty high-tech for the time. Six years later, they printed Disney characters on a new line of cards for kids. Again, Nintendo led the way. They also aimed at the electronics industry. 1970 was the year, and the Beam Gun series became the first electronic toy in Japan. After that came a laser clay target system, then a 16mm arcade projection game, followed by a game system using video recorders, and the first microprocessor ever used in a video game. As technology moved on, so did Nintendo. Since then, Nintendo has moved from arcade classics like Donkey Kong, introduced to America in 1981, to the best-selling home video game system in history, the NES. With characters like Mario and Link blazing new trails in the realm of fun, Nintendo is confident that the next 100 years will be even better than the first. After all, Nintendo is committed to excellence, and that is a commitment to you. Now, they skipped over a little something in the 60s. Oh, yeah, they but, did. But, but I'm not. <laughs> okay, now, here's... Now, just to let you know, I'm not uh, blowing smoke or anything. I'm lifting this straight from Wikipedia. So you know it's true. Oh, yeah. In 1956, Hiroshi Yamachi, grandson of Fujishiro Yamachi, visited the U.S. to talk with the United States Playing Card Company, the dominant playing card manufacturer there. He found that the biggest playing card company in the world was only using a small office. Yamachi's realization that the playing card business had limited potential was a turning point. He then acquired the license to use Disney characters on playing cards to drive sales. And now we're in the 60s. Oh boy, the 60s. In 1963, Yamachi renamed Nintendo Playing Card Company to Nintendo Company Limited. The company then began to experiment in other areas of business using newly injected capital during the period of time between 1963 and 1968. Nintendo set up a taxi company called Daya. This business was earlier was earlier successful. However, Nintendo was forced to sell it because of problems with the labor unions were making it too expensive to run the service. It also, it also set up a love hotel chain, a TV network, oh, yeah. a food company selling instant rice, and several other ventures. 
all of these ventures failed. And after the 1964 Tokyo Olympics, playing card sales dropped and Nintendo's stock price plummeted to its lowest recorded level of 60 yen. So, yeah, somehow, I guess being being only in Japan, could you open up a series of sex hotels, hotel rooms you rent by the hour, and fail? Only, Only in Japan could you fail in a sex industry. Well, apparently they weren't committed back to committed to excellence back in the sixties. If only oh. had play Mario. Mario on the wall. That'd be hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh now we get to see the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh it's just telling you that the animation will remain faithful to the Super Mario Brothers game and will pick up on the boys' adventures where the games leave off. The cartoons will expand upon the lore and richness of the Super Mario Brothers universe and should bring even more enjoyment to the games for loyal power players. The princess and Toter are sure to be on hand as well as a mushroom or two. And then we get to see uh, Link and Zelda look for a moonlighting type relationship between Link and the princess. What the hell is a moonlighting relationship? Courtship. Ah, yeah, which never really happened in the games because... Because, I guess, Zelda's a tease. Yeah, pretty much. This is the show is under the direction of Stephen Binder and his team. They're the same group that brought you Pee-wee's Playhouse. That I did not know. Yeah, that's cool to know. The animation is being created by the wizards at Deke. Their past efforts include Ghostbusters and the Elf cartoon series. Yeah, that explains why the cartoon quality was good. With the creators, producers, directors, animators, and writers all being tops in their fields, the result should be nothing short of spectacular. I was going to pick up that. You didn't like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show? Well, the animation was fine. And it was funny at times. I think the writing on the Zelda cartoon was a little... It could have been a little better. Oh, yeah. It was pretty thin. (laughs) The fact that the most memorable aspect was Link always saying to the princess, Excuse me, princess. <laughs> yeah, and they ripped that off Steve Martin. <laughs> well, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, moving on to celebrity profiles, where the hell do they get these people? Oh, shit. It's Lieutenant Worf. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Imagine your link. Imagine Ganon sending his evil minions to stop you in his track. But what if you for you what if you were from a race of fantastic warriors whose courage never failed like the Klingons? How do you think Ganon would do you think Ganon would mess with a Klingon? Well, yeah, and in true war fashion he would get his ass kicked. You know, you know, <laughs> I like this his, like this line here. You see, he's as loyal to his human crew as Mario is to Luigi. So in other words, he's the dog. Oh. Oh. Uh. I mean, like, for, like, they got, like, they're trying to prop him up as, like, oh, yeah, he's a tough and imposing character, but yet he's always the bitch. I mean, how many, I mean, you can look on YouTube and just see, like, Worf getting beaten and just see all the highlight reels of him using his big muscles and his six foot four frame and being completely useful as tits on a bull. I love his uh, quote here. So they ask him about his favorite game, which is Duck Hunt. And he said, they asked him why it's his favorite. He says, because when I was younger, my brother and I played Indians. And for some reason, Duck Hunt reminds me of Indians. I could play forever. <laughs> the hell is that it, mean? Was, 
it wasn't cowboys and Indians. It was just, just Indians. Indians. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell are the cowboys? <laughs> they were just the Indians. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Nobody's even fighting you now, and you're still getting your ass beat. Come on, Worf, pick it up. I guess his parents wouldn't let him play with guns or something. No, no, no. You got this bow and arrow. But you're not getting guns. Okay. I guess you're going to be an Indian. I'm going to be an Indian. No, you get to play cowboys and Indians with the dog. But then, and then the dog, and then the dog laughs at you. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> the only one I do with that damn game was hit, was shoot the dog. It's every time he laughs at me. Uh, I know. He's he's supposed to be your best friend. Yeah. Well, your, your someone uh, many your years best later doesn't laugh at your failures. He brings you a drink and be like, "We'll get those ducks next time, buddy." I'm pretty sure someone years later made a flash game where you could shoot the dog. <laughs> and it was glorious. Next uh, up, they talk about Golgo Mania. Oh, uh, yeah. I wish I poor, had been there. Oh, poor, if only. Oh, poor Ben. You may have been done with the game, but this game's not done with you. Well, clearly. It's still, it's still sweeping the nation by storm in the 80s. People <laughs> love having to stand up and shoot while guys squat and shoot at you, and you can't stop it. It's super spy-a-thon. It's a super spy-down, brother. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, next is something cool. Uh, uh, new service breaks the sound barrier. We don't often think about the miracle of technology that makes the NES possible or the tremendous benefits that technology brings to many people. Telecom Communications Deaf Devices for the Deaf, or TDD, is one application. The user of the system is a small computer. The heart of the system is a small computer that connects to a phone line. This device can send and receive typed messages to anyone who is also equipped with such a system. For deaf people, TDD services provides businesses, services, and emergency help. However, at Nintendo, the idea to incorporate this into our consumer services came from TDD. Now, I thought this was going to allow you to play games on the damn thing which, when I started reading it. But then I'm just like, oh, no, no. So now they can, now they can uh, molest, monetarily molest the deaf now. That's right. By allowing you to... Uh, rip out your parents wallet with, with the helpline so now even even blind people and deaf people can gouge say the, that carl we've had a whole new business stream ever do the deaf what's that there sir why yes we can fleece the deaf too for 199 <laughs> a minute just think yeah. how much longer it'll take you to type these answers out glorious <laughs> basically it's basically a overwrought press release with shitty artwork. Uh, Pretty much. And, uh, Let's skip on to the players poll contest. Oh, shit. I mean, like, you you, you just look at this grand prize. Well, we'll start with the, uh, we'll start small. That's right. No, For no, 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 third no. place. No, no, no. I think we should start off with the big prize. No, no, no. Just so, just so you can see how the third prize rates. That's fine. <laughs> okay, we'll do the, uh, we'll do a three, three. Okay, Five grand pl- prize winner. Win a trip to Nintendo headquarters. Meet Howard Phillips. Play games with Nintendo game counselors. Test unreleased game program. Tour Seattle. Fire lucky winners. I mean, like, this is like, and look at this, like, five kids. It's like fucking Willy Wonka. <laughs> like, Howard Phillips will be Willy Wonka, and he'll take five kids and one survivor on a tour of <laughs> Nintendo of America headquarters. Right. One, of you, one of the kids will get the company. The other four will never be seen again. I honestly and, think the uh, second place one is better. Ten second place winners. They get a Game Boy. Yeah. 
I mean, how dope is that? Awesome. You send in a tiny piece of paper in an envelope with a stamp, and then they'll send you a box with a fucking Game Boy in it, a portable game system. I mean, yep. yeah, that's a prize, man. I mean, or, like, can you imagine how many people get this grand prize and they think, shit, now i got to convince my mom to get a plane to Seattle? <laughs> I mean, yeah, this, this is, is I mean, here. yeah, the second, pl- the second place prize. No, you, is it says no, they pay for no air strings. travel and hotels. Oh, shit. Well, still, yeah. but still, even though the travel is free, the parents got to take time off work to take you there. So, you know, it's, it's still a pain in the ass. But with number well, with this, they just send you a Game Boy. You got a Game Boy. Right. I mean, no strings, fun time. And then with with this amazing one is a tour of basically where, where the where the uh where the magic happens. Second place, you get to hold a portable game system in your hand. Third place, talk about disappointment. <laughs> it's more it's more of these fucking shirts. More the exclusive Nintendo Power jersey. You had I can't tell if the sleeves are rolled up on Howard Phillips' goofy body or if they're just yeah. short naturally. Yeah, they look a little rolled up. Okay. <laughs> he, he, like... he, he wants to show off those forearms. Apparently. Uh, it doesn't uh, look the same with a bow tie. Talk about a disparity. It's well, like you, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get to tour the magic land, you get a cutting-edge video game system, and then a friggin' jersey. Ugh. Well, that concludes our uh, issue in our episode. Tron, thanks so much for joining us. Um, would you like anyone to be able to contact you? If so, how can they get a hold of you? Well, they can hit me up on Twitter at TreyCoolX. That's T-R-E-C-O-O-L-X. And there you go. All right. And Mike, how can they get a hold of us between uh, well, episodes? Well, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, uh, I believe Stitcher now. That's right. Yep, we're now available on Stitcher. And uh, you can also find us on Twitter at GetThePower88. Uh, if you want to know how to email us, find us on the Facebook. The email is there. And uh, if you want to hear more of my uh, amazing tones, uh, perspectives, and such, you can listen to me on the Geek Fallout Network and on Geek Fallout Technobabble. It's a tech discussion podcast. We talk about amazing developments in technology, uh, applications for social issues, or just neat little uh, devices and toys. And uh, I'll also be hosting a Game of Thrones podcast soon, so yay that. Wow. And uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. And what about you? You just sticking to this little uh, neck of the woods for now? That's it, man. That's all I got time for. If you want to reach me, just just, uh, head on over to the Facebook page. Thanks to everybody. Uh, who has been uh, uh, voting and uh, commenting on the iTunes page, by the way, and for everybody that's uh, added comments to the Facebook page. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's everything for this for this episode. Thanks again, and I'm Ben. I'm Mike. And now you're playing with power.